Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie filling in for the vacationing WB. And as, uh, if you were listening to the show last week, you know that this week is our fearless leader WB's wedding anniversary with his lovely bride. So he's taking this week off. They took a little vacation time and enjoying the uh, time away as they enjoy their anniversary and I, I don't even know how many years it was I, I meant to ask William last week how many years they've been uh, married but uh, they are enjoying their time off and in the meantime in between time I am taking over I'll be hosting the show this week but no worries WB will be back in the captain's chair next week to bring you another all new edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast and uh, speaking of the podcast don't forget it is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we would really appreciate it if you would hit that subscribe button. That's right. By hitting subscribe button, you will get a notification every time we have our new episode of the Southern Race Week podcast available for you to listen to. So very excited about that. So make sure you check out the podcast every Monday and hit that subscribe button. And once again, that's available for you on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, but um, I got to tell you something. We had a great weekend of racing. The Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup Series were all in action at Watkins Glen this last weekend, and then the incredible race at Nashville's Road Course this past weekend. They've been talking about doing this for close to a decade, and they were finally able to uh, pull it off as the uh, streets of Nashville welcomed in the IndyCar Series. And I got to tell you something. Uh, I am a huge IndyCar fan, and I really, really enjoyed seeing those cars race through the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, especially going over that bridge, which was really cool because they go over the bridge once, they would like do like a U-turn, and then they go back over the bridge again. And, and a lot of tight, exciting racing. Uh, the streets were, you know, some of those turns were real tight, and some of those uh, stretches of the course were really tight as well. So a lot of exciting racing, some crashes, some caution flags, some red flags even had to come out to clean up some of the damage that went on. But I got to tell you something, Nashville, great job, successful race there from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. In fact, I'm so excited. I think I'm going to go to uh, next year's event there in Nashville. So very, very cool um, to see all the IndyCar action and all the IndyCar fans who uh, made the trip out to Nashville, Tennessee to check it out. In fact, I had a couple of friends who uh, ventured out to the race this past weekend, and they had a blast. They said there were so many people there, pretty much concerts going on every night. And, of course, if you've ever been to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, it's basically a big party every night, going to the different bars, hearing all the great music, enjoying the lifelike, all the great people. So uh, just a great job. And also Nashville will be hosting the uh, NASCAR Banquet uh, yet again this year. So uh, Nashville really making their mark in the world of motorsports, both with uh, NASCAR events this season and also the uh, IndyCar Series race uh, this past weekend as well. So we got a lot to talk about here on this program, and we have another jam-packed episode of Southern Race Week Radio. In fact, here in just moments, we'll be speaking with NHRA driver Leah Pruitt of Don Schumacher Racing. She just won a Wally a few weeks ago in uh, California at the Auto Club Raceway. So we'll be talking to her about that uh, recent win and then also what she's got going on in her world. 
And then also speaking of Nashville, we'll be speaking with Kevin Lee, one of the voices of uh, IndyCar action on NBC. He'll break down all the action and excitement from Nashville, Tennessee. And also we are very honored and privileged to have the new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Rob Ramage, will be joining us as well to uh, bring us up to date on everything going on at Texas Motor Speedway and how uh, happy and proud he is to be uh, to be the new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway. Some big shoes to fill there. So another jam-packed episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, this is Mike Bagley of Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. You, my friends, are listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we've got a lot going on in the racing world, and I'm joined here by another special guest joining us via the uh, Food Depot Zoom line as we head live to an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in racer for Don Schumacher Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Miss Leah Pruitt! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pruitt, uh, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today. Oh, well, thank you. Um, and for also having the best intro that I think I've ever really had, especially over the computer. So thank you. I am I'm having a great day. It's a great start to the week before we uh, head off to the next event. First of all, we want to congratulate you. You won your ninth Wally Award at the last event in Pomona, California. And uh, not only that, you got to share the stage there with your um, your teammate, Ron Camps. How awesome is it to have your one of your teammates up there on the stand celebrating as both of you won for Don Schumacher Racing. It's a, it's a very, you already think that your heart's full because you've got the Wally and you've won the final round, but when you have your teammate, and especially when we've gone from a, a larger team in the last couple of years, from seven cars to six, and now we have uh, four, two dragsters and, uh, and two funny cars. So your odds of meeting up with a teammate with, in the winner's circle, you know, kind of have gone down throughout the year. So when you're there and you see that familiar face and Ron and I, we have a great relationship over the past, I'd say 10, 15 years racing nostalgia cars together um, to multiple times. I think this is my fourth time, my fourth, four of nine where when I've won, he's also won. So it's a very familiar face and situation for me when I get the Wally to then to then see him so as soon as I got out of the car at the Winter Nationals in the sparkling ice spiked car got the Wally and Manabusics right there Fox there's about 12 people that I'm I'm like looking the guy's like here's the medal I'm like oh crap I forgot we get a medal and then he's like you're gonna want this hat um because it's the winter hat so I take my spiked hat off and she's counting down she's like because there were on countdown back from live tv to get into the next whatever show is happening on fox so she basically is you know asking some type of question but ron comes over and i just gave him he gave me this huge hug i gave him this huge hug and tv always does matter but that just is a perfect situation of it's your teammate and this winning moment and feeling that with him is what matters. And uh, that's what I think a lot of people got to see. Auto Club Raceway has a very special meaning for you. Not only did you win there, but 25 years ago, that's where you had your first NHRA event, I believe, if I was doing the research correctly. You are correct. Yep. Tell me about the last 25 years. If you can go back and talk to that 
young Leah Pruitt back in that first NHRA event. What would you want to say to that young lady? Oh my goodness. I would, uh, I would have said, make sure you, you still keep having fun uh, because there's been a, there's been a good portion, not a good portion. I mean, there's a portion where kind of lost how to have fun because just heavy weighting of it being a career more than the actual discipline. I would have told myself if I could manage it, to spend more time with the engineering of the cars because at about 12, 13 years old, I realized how, well, I didn't know exactly how to become a professional race car driver, but you're either kind of born into the family or you have a lot of money or you are an engineer and you can be, you know, if your mind works that way, be a crew chief and maybe you'll get a driving position or you learn the world of business and marketing and you find partners that want to be in the sport and you align yourself with them. That's the road I took. But if I could have managed to be able to turn on my smarts a little bit better, my other side of my brain to be more scientific and more engineering and mathematical with the cars, it would have propelled me. It would have helped me race better, I believe. And it would have helped me be more in depth with the more fundamentals of drag racing more than just the driving. I mean, yes, I'm, I had done clutch in a top fuel car and funny car for a number of years and can rebuild transmissions. I don't know a lot about motors, but I wish that I, I wish that I would have spent more time like degreeing cams and understanding a little bit more just because overall, when it comes to the industry of motorsports that when you're working with partners and you've specifically worked with that product before and building an engine, um, you can speak more to it. So that's kind of, that's what I would have told myself is kind of, Leah, you're already really in the deep end, but like if you could dive a little bit deeper and kind of dictate some of your own education towards, um, towards the engine program, I would do that. Speaking with the top fuel driver for Don Schumacher Racing, Leah Pruitt here on a Southern Race Week Radio, and the success of women in the NHR series is documented. The women out there do extremely well, a lot of wins, and for you as one of the leaders of the women of the NHRA, I've been to a couple of events here in Atlanta, and the interaction you have with your fans is so amazing, especially for the young ladies, the young girls who probably look up to you as an inspiration to say, you know, one day I may want to do that, maybe not behind the wheel, but maybe as an engineer or a part of the crew or something like that. For you going to these events every weekend and meeting these young girls and wanting to maybe grow up to be like you, how does that feel for you? I would definitely say it's validating for sure. And that's something that I've had to grow with over the years. So I'd say about five, six years ago, there were little girls at the, at the ropes. And I wouldn't say like unbelievable, but it would be like, for me, are you, are you at the ropes for me? <laughs> Just because I didn't realize how much of an impact I was having on just the younger generations or just females in general. Um, so now I kind of feel like it's my, I don't want to say duty by any, ex, by any extent, but it is, it validates what I'm doing. So it gives me, it, it fills my heart and it helps me know that I'm on the right track and, and I'm doing some type of good. Like the byproduct of what I'm doing is actually potentially changing someone's life to where I mean, there's multiple individuals that 
hey, how do I get into racing? Or I wanna, I wanna become a mechanic, where do I go? And to have answers for them. Here's who you could talk to within the industry. Here's the Mopar CAP program. If you'd like to work within dealerships and, and you get your credential and here's how you do it and here's how long it takes and here's success, success stories over here. Um, it's nice, it's, it's definitely been a transition for me from going from me, are you looking at me to, yes, you are looking at me and my team and what we're doing. And uh, instead of just standing there, I'm going to, I'm going to do my part and help you as much as I can and make sure that you have a very good experience at the drag races. And that if you did want to get my autograph or talk to me or, or at the end of the night, sit in the car or it's just something special. I definitely like to give that very memorable experience to them um, because they're giving a very memorable experience to me. I'm also a fan of your social media. You do so much um, giving a lot of behind the scenes of not just what you do on the track, but a lot of the fun and, and the things you do off the track as well. How important is it for you to be able to get away from the craziness of the NHRA and all the, and all the publicity and everything and be able to just do something fun, whether it's water skiing out on the boat, doing something else how important is that for you to kind of keep your sanity i guess it's totally important i set out with a goal maybe 10 years ago and i put ken block and von gittin as my inspirers of how to build a life that you can make money and also have fun and it just is all it's not like a just this cut line so i looked at their models with hoonigan and and von on his own right of and have kind of copied it not to just to a very small, small, small degree, but uh, I, I enjoy that. So when you ask how important is it for me, it's very important that I incorporate all parts of my life. Like when I'm out there on the boat and wake surfing, yes, we're having a good time. And you guys are also able to see it because I've made it part of my job to be able to show all of the parts of my life that enable me to do it. The boat that we use is a Supra SL550 from ProWake. And we have that right now and it'll eventually get sold hopefully to a fan, but they don't can't know. They won't know about it unless I'm out there showing it. And I don't have a boat to ride if I don't promote it. So it all works. It all works together. And it's all very important to me because I made it a goal 10 years ago to develop a life. And here I am. And now, you know, it's, it's kind of, how do I keep that going? How do, what, what do we do next to, help partners or help fans and help performance for the teams. And so it's kind of this really weird uncharted territory. It's not your normal career path for sure. Well, uh, Leah, we really appreciate the time you join us here on Sunday Race Week Radio. It's been quite an honor. I'm a big fan as well. Um, it's really upsetting that NHRA was not going to be able to come to Atlanta for a while. Hopefully you, you guys find a venue to come back because I've always been a big fan of watching you out there and perform. And what you guys do is incredible. And um, it's amazing to watch. If our listeners want to keep up with you on social media and check out your videos and the things you do, uh, where can they go to get all that information and check out what's going on with you? Absolutely. So Instagram is leah.pruitt, L-E-A-H dot P-R-U-E-T-T. And they will see this upcoming weekend. We are racing in Topeka, Kansas, and we will be debuting the Cookie Pop 
Oreo car. And actually is the same color as my nails. It'll be blue and turquoise. And we hope to bring home a win for them as well as Twitter, which is Leah Pruitt TF. And of course on Facebook, Leah Pruitt TF as well. And for all team things, that's shoe racing, S-H-O-E-R-A-C-I-N-G.com. And for any weekend, any race weekend at any time, what we're doing, Dodge Mopar Motorsports Instagram handle um, is everything Dodge and what we're doing. And good luck for you the rest of the season. We really appreciate the time. And, and hopefully we'll have you again back on the show here down the road soon. I appreciate that too. This is Alan Cavana of the Positive Regression Podcast. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast which is available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So we really appreciate it. You going on over there and subscribe to the podcast. And every time a new podcast is available for you on Monday, you will always get a notification. But we're very lucky and fortunate to have our next guest here on Southern Race Week Radio. So we head on over to the Food Depot hotline. Let's welcome in the new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Rob Ramage! Yeah! What a great introduction. I love it. (laughs) Mr. Ramage, congratulations. Uh, A great promotion for you. You've been serving with Speedway Motorsports since uh, 2013, primarily working there at Texas Motor Speedway. And Eddie Gossage, what an amazing gentleman this is, 25 years since the place opened up, has stepped down and decided to take some retirement time. And now that's given you the position of taking over some some, some pretty big shoes. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you learned from Eddie Gossage uh, from your years of working at Texas Motor Speedway. Learned a lot. The biggest thing is fans first. And uh, that's what I'm all about. I, I, I want everybody all across our country who's listening and certainly all the people in Atlanta and Georgia to know I'm a real racing fan. I grew up with racing. I love sitting in the grandstands. I want to be with the campers. I love our people. We are so blessed. You know, I don't know how what you say, a sport, an industry, what NASCAR is is much more than a sport, as you know. It's a gathering. It's a it's a group of people. We have so much fun with each other, and I'm just so focused on our fans. I want to make their experience the best possible. I want them to be happy. I want them to be fun and safe. I cannot wait. October the 16th is the Andy's Frozen Custard 335, and then the next day is the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500. Please come. Marcus Smith, who is the big man in charge over there at Speedway Motorsports, uh, said during the press conference introducing you to your position that tons of applications came in for the position, and he said this. He said, quote, I'm proud to welcome Rob Ramage to our Speedway Motorsports executive leadership team. He's in a superb job in building awareness for Texas Motor Speedway with government officials and community leaders, and more importantly, building great relationships throughout the state and local communities we serve. So you were hired internally. You've worked at Texas Motor Speedway for many years, as we mentioned in the open. And for them to hire internally and for you to have that position, how important is it for you to hear from Marcus Smith how vital you were 
to not only Texas Motor Speedway before Mr. Gossage stepped down, but now as the new general manager and the main man in charge over at Texas Motor Speedway. Marcus Smith, I can't thank him enough for this blessing and this opportunity. Marcus Smith is just such a great man and a great leader, and he's the one that has really has us take a pause and focus on our fans. His leadership is just so instrumental. You think about what Marcus has done prior to the Roval. He was really instrumental in the All-Star Race in Charlotte, kind of really working with NASCAR and retweaking and doing a lot of things to the 1.5-mile package. He brought the Roval um, to Charlotte, which was new, exciting, uh, first class. He brought NASCAR to South Texas in Austin recently in May. And then you hear snippets as he tells us as to what he's doing in Nashville coming up, which is kind of exciting to see. What doesn't make the big headlines, what, you know, those are big headline front page kind of things that Marcus has done. But what doesn't really make the front page of the sports page is all the different renovations, all the modernization, all the things that when Marcus Smith, when he comes to Texas, for example, and it could be during a race or it could be just coming down here to visit with us or to work with us on a different project, he is very, very focused on being out where the fans are, on thinking of we need to do X, we need to do Y to improve their experience. Here in Texas, Marcus Smith led to uh, us taking a chunk out of the grandstands to recreate more of a social-type atmosphere in the Bush Restart Bar and that's an area where the fans can come and not sit in a grandstand seat, but have more of a social type setting, which is wonderful. And then between turns one and two here in Texas, create what we call the turn one terrace. If I'm here at the racetrack and I'm looking out my window as I talk at the turn one terrace, and that's just a, a fabulous amenity that is so wonderful that he created just for us here in Texas. Speaking with Rob Ramage, the senior vice president and general manager at uh, Texas Motor Speedway, and uh, you have a, a, a vast love of NASCAR, IndyCar, uh, racing in general. So I think anyone who has a job as, as in the position that you are, general manager of a of a major NASCAR track that comes through, and not only you know NASCAR but IndyCar as well, you must be on cloud nine with this opportunity to lead Texas Motor Speedway, hopefully for the next uh, 25 years. I can't speak clearly enough to tell you what an honor this is and how excited I am. I said this to somebody the other day, just any job here, um, and, and candidly, all of our jobs are so important to do what it is that we do, but just getting to work here and come to work every day, look out my window watch the sunrise, a beautiful Texas sunrise coming up over the track, and then to be here every day, see all the events that we're doing every day, all the activities, watching the sunset over the track, it's just fabulous. If my favorite thing is we work so hard 
to put on an event, say like a NASCAR race, for example, I wish your listeners and I wish everybody out there could be in our shoes when you start seeing campers arrive and you start seeing the haulers and the broadcast partners are coming in to set up and the vendors and the corporate partners are staging and setting up their stuff on the fan zone and the concourse and you're getting out and you're starting to see people here. It's the most exciting place in the world to work. Well, Mr. Ramage, I'm sure, I'm sure you're excited to welcome NASCAR Nation the weekend of uh, October 15th and 16th, Saturday and Sunday, as the NASCAR Xfinity Series and Cub Series will be in action at uh, Texas Motor Speedway. And if our listeners want to get hold on tickets for that weekend's events, where can they go to get uh, tickets and information, sir? Well, you can go to our website, uh, texasmotorspeedway.com. You can call 817-215-8500. And if anybody out there listening wants to talk with me, wants to communicate with me directly, send me an email at R-R-A-M-A-G-E at texasmotorspeedway.com. Well, Mr. Ramage, we really appreciate your time, sir. Uh, congratulations on the promotion there and, and looking forward to having NASCAR return to Texas Motor Speedway in mid-October. Thank you so very much, and it was an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Thank you. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as the IndyCar Series coming off a visit for the first time to Nashville, Tennessee. And I got to tell you, it was an exciting race to watch on NBC television. And we've got one of the gentlemen who are on site bringing you all the action for the IndyCar Series on NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in Mr. Kevin Lee. Uh, Luckily, Mr. I'm getting used to the intro, so it doesn't stun me as much as the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You're prepared, so you're, you you know what's coming. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lee, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on a Southern Race Week Radio. Coming off a very exciting weekend for the IndyCar Series. If you look at the uh, numbers, uh, very high for uh, your coverage of the uh, IndyCar Series from Nashville, Tennessee. From what I've read, this was years in the making to prepare for this event, and it finally came through. I got to watch it on NBC, watching it through your network, and I got to say, I was very impressed. Loved the uh, cars going over the bridge. I thought that was really cool. Very tight uh, turns and corners, though, uh, along the streets of Nashville. Now that you've had a few days to kind of process the race and, and decompress from it, uh, what are your thoughts on IndyCar there at Nashville? Well, it was what we hoped for from an attendance standpoint and an energy standpoint. And you're right, this has been discussed for quite a while. IndyCar used to race at the Nashville Super Speedway, and, and that was nice. And we all like the opportunity to have an excuse to get to downtown Nashville. But that's, you know, almost an hour drive if you deal with some traffic. It's certainly at least 45 minutes. So this has been discussed for about a decade or so. Could you possibly do a street race in Nashville? And it took a couple of different groups and ultimately got done a year ago. And then the promotion has been fantastic. The investor group, which includes... You know, people like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Justin Marks and Justin Timberlake is involved, Scott Borchetta and Big Machine Label Group and, and their vodka company has a lot to do with it as well. 
So from a commercial standpoint, sponsorship, attendance, it was fantastic. It's always challenging with a street race to make it work, and it was a bit uh, disjointed, to say the least. And I think hardcore fans are probably a little bit annoyed with the amount of cautions and red flags, but my opinion was, hey, it's better than just a, a parade with no passing or anything like that. And my thought was that uh, casual fans probably enjoyed the action that you had with it. And as you mentioned, ratings uh, on cable, it was the highest rated IndyCar race on cable television since 1998. And that's no coincidence either, because that was by design to run it right after a cup race. So we'd like to take all the credit for it. But when you have a good lead in, that helps quite a bit. So there's there's good synergy at NBC between the, uh, the NASCAR group and the IndyCar group. And that played out very nicely. Yeah, I told you before we were on the air, I had a couple of friends who were down in Nashville for the event, and they could not stop talking about how exciting it was. And the coolest thing about it was uh, where the pit road area was is right there by the stadium. And, I mean, it was just packed with people, even people inside the stadium. I could see people there along the uh, rails of the of the stadium there checking action out. So just exciting to watch. And as I said, uh, I'm a big IndyCar fan. The, the, my friends who win are just kind of moderate IndyCar fans. They were more excited to see a street court race in Nashville, I think more than anything, gave them an opportunity to check out the city and, and check out uh, IndyCar racing, which is uh, uh, really amazing. Uh, speaking with Kevin Lee here of uh, NBC Sports, as we discuss everything going on with the Nashville action, uh, another uh, tidbit of information we just learned, uh, Jimmy Johnson, we've been talking about him, his first year in IndyCar series, just running a limited schedule, but he wants to race in the Indy 500, is talking about uh, practicing at Miami Homestead to get prepared for that event so, uh, I mean, that must be really cool. And I think also for NASCAR fans to be able to see possibly Jimmy Johnson in the, in the 500 next year might bring a couple of more eyes uh, to that event as if there's not enough eyes on that event as it is. But I think a lot of NASCAR fans will be curious to see how Jimmy Johnson will perform at the Indy 500 next year. Yeah, I've talked with, with Jimmy about this a few times, and I think it's been on his radar. Originally, it's kind of a deal that he made with his wife that, you know, I'm not going to put every, all of us at this kind of a risk. But as he's been around IndyCar, and I think the aero screen has brought a new level of safety, and he's seen some really hard crashes, and guys get out and walk away fine. So I think they're getting more and more comfortable. And then there's the competitive aspect. You know, he, he knew going in, he's doing about what most of us, uh, from a success standpoint, the way most of us thought. I think he probably hoped by this time he'd be a little bit closer. Um, but on an oval at the Indy 500 is where he would have a chance with that team. Knowing these cars now and the intricacies of it and knowing the other people he would be racing with, I'm not going to say he's a favorite to win, but he could. And he certainly could run inside the top 10, maybe a top five like Kurt Busch did when he did the one-off a few years ago. So he'll test at Homestead pretty soon. At least that's the last plan I think he had from when I talked to him about it. And if that feels okay, he'll try to do a test at IMS at some point, and then they'll move forward. And and I expect he will do the Indy 500 next year, and that'll be cool. And he's not ruled out doing another NASCAR race in the right circumstance. And, you know, frankly, it, commercial opportunities, too. Uh, I think he would look at some possibilities there to consider doing something at a track he likes, a venue he likes at some point in the future in a one-off. Now, coming up this weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, we've got a NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader weekend as both the series will be in action on the road course of Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I know they did this uh, last year. They're doing it again this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on these kind of weekends when NASCAR and IndyCar can race at the same time at the same venue on the same weekends? Well, I think it's, it's great for both series, and they need to use each other 
to try to grow theirs. And, you know, and frankly, I think IndyCar probably gains a little bit more out of it. But in this circumstance, I think it really does benefit NASCAR because uh, the Brickyard, while it still gained good ratings on television and it's still unique, it had not been very well attended. And this is going to certainly raise the attendance level on Saturday. And this is really the first time it's been done in this fashion. So last year they did it, but there were no fans allowed. So we didn't get to really see how it all play out. And what's also different this year, it's the first time that the cup race will be on the road course. So last year was cool and unique because you had road course racing on Saturday with IndyCar and Xfinity, and then they turn it around at the Oval on Sunday. This year they're going to try it out because, frankly, the Oval race has lacked some action. Uh, And that's a good debate because I think some of the NASCAR drivers still would prefer to race on the Oval because of the prestige and history. But road course racing has been kind of the path NASCAR is headed to when possible. So they'll do everything on the road course this weekend, and there will be some action, and we'll see how it's received. Uh, Mr. Lee, if our listeners want to keep up with you on social media and keep up what's going on in the IndyCar series, uh, where can they go to uh, follow you, sir? Kevin Lee 23 on Twitter. Mr. Lee, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Sunday Race Week Radio, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again down the road during the season and keep up with what things are going on in the IndyCar series, and we'll see you soon on NBC as well, sir. All right. Thanks, Alfred. I'm Kayla Vinci from Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie wrapping up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And don't forget the podcast will be available for you on Monday. So if you want to go back and listen to this week's program or check out any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, all that is available for you on the podcast, which is at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're there, we'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to the podcast so that every time it's available for you on Monday, you will get a notification to let you know that the show is ready for you to listen to. Once again, that's at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And also don't forget about our social media platforms. You can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week and also on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader on Twitter at WB Radio Network and yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And we also have an email address as well. So send us your comments and thoughts to srwradio at yahoo.com. So we really appreciate you uh, reaching out to us on social media. And don't forget to always check out our Facebook page and our Twitter page for the latest in racing news and information that you'll need. So all that is available for you on our Facebook page as well as our Twitter page as well. Once again, thanks to our great guest joining us this week, uh, Leah Pruitt from the NHRA, driver for Don Schumacher Racing. Also, Kevin Lee, one of the many voices of the IndyCar series on NBC Sports, and also the brand-new general manager of Texas Motor Speedway, Rob Ramage. Thank you so much for all you guys for joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Really appreciate it. And uh, don't forget that we'll have another new episode of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast coming up for you next week. And our fearless leader, WB, will be back here in the captain's chair, and I'm sure he'll break down everything that went on during his beautiful uh, anniversary trip this past week. So uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you again next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the Southern Race Week Radio Network. (laughs) 